You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Mosey, your host, coming at you from the Fargo Studios, downtown Fargo, right across from the St. Mary's Cathedral. I'd like to thank Eli for producing. You're just so smooth back there, Eli. You know, you're, you're, just, you're barely in your 20s, and he's so professional. That's awesome. That's good to see. <laughs> I'd like to thank Colleen Sampson and Jody Clemens for being on with us the last half hour, talking about 40 Days for Life. We have another... 40 Days for Life coming starting September 22nd and running through October 31st. So be looking for some more news and information on that. Well, as I told you in the tease, a lot of people think that the United States and China really don't have much in common, but there is a kind of a disturbing similarity that they share. Because a lot of people, they think about, oh, politically, we're, we're opposite, we're polar opposites, and, and we are. But our next guest, Father Shannon Bouquet from Human Life International, is going to take us through this. Welcome to the show, Father. Well, great, Tim. It's great to be with you and your audience. Uh, as always, I just so appreciate your, your insight and, and taking the time to share with us. I know it's been probably a couple months since you've been able to be on. We usually try to have you on once a month, but you were so darn busy last month, we couldn't get you on, so I'm glad you can make it, <laughs> glad you can make it today. Oh, I'm glad, glad it worked out, and thanks for your patience. Oh, absolutely. So for those people that don't know, Human Life International at HLI.org, Father writes a, a weekly column every week, and I, I'm going to tell you, I read every single one. He does a great job. He really has insight into life issues. And so, Father, why don't you share with us, this is what kind of caught my eye, right, this idea of the similarity between China and the United States that, that is kind of surprising and kind of disturbing. Yeah, I mean, I think which, you know, when you, when you consider the fact as you, you know, began uh, the program, you know, by, by talking about these, these you know, we're supposed to be supposed to be so different, mm-hmm. but yet there are the similarity comes in when we look at the policies that we have toward human life, toward the dignity of marriage. And so, what I wrote in the column was uh, an article caught my eye about the you know the the birth rates mm-hmm. in both of the United States and in China. And again, mm-hmm. people would think, well, there should be a vast difference, right? Because you know, China has this one-child policy that began in the in the late seventies, early eighties. You know, became standard across the board, and then you know, in 2015, they they went ahead and said, okay, look, you can have two children per family. And all of a sudden, recently, they they announced that they would have a three child you know policy. And but what we realize is that China is population is obviously we see still some increasing, but they're moving toward a point where they're reaching that saturation, if you will, because they're not replacing themselves. And this is what the government recognized in 2015 when they went ahead and shifted to, quote-unquote, this two-child policy. Still had restrictions, and, and then, but it didn't make a difference. People were not responding to what, you know, uh, the uh, opportunity, quote-unquote, to have two children. And so they went ahead and released even more possibility for three children. But what happened is their, their birth rate is sitting at one69 so they're not even replacing themselves. And for our audience, what's important is to realize that to replace is more than just two people. In other words, a husband and a wife replacing themselves. It means three children. And so, and, and so the idea here is that what we're seeing is China's population, this birth rate, very radically changing. Now, people would think, 
Well, that's all because of political. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a policy. It's uh, implementation of that policy. You know, policing that policy. You know, uh, punishing people. You know, we know the horror stories. And so now, look at the United States. Well, we're at 1.64. Now, let me repeat that, 1.64. Now, that means, and we have now been, for the last uh, at least five years, below replacement. And so this means that here in the United States, the land of the free, I mean, people, one of the wealthiest countries in the world, most powerful country in the world, we have no one-child policy, we have no sterilization policies, you know, we don't have a government uh, police state telling us how many children we can and cannot have, but we do. And it's not from, from the fact of a police state, it's the propaganda, it's the narrative. And so as we saw in China, you know, the culture, you know, has been radically changed by its policy in the United States because of its embracing of the sexual revolution and the separation of sex from marriage and the, and the whole introduction of, uh, of contraception under the case of Griswold, you know, all the way down to the current matter with same-sex attraction and behavior. You look at all these issues and the narrative in the media, the narrative on, in social media, on television, in movies, convincing people that, you know, uh, not to have too many children. You know, if you look on anyone who watches TV, I don't watch very much of it at all. But, you know, I have friends who, uh, who do, and they say and pretty much commercials are two children, one child, and a dog. You know, and so there's a, there's a narrative, and it's rewritten our culture. And so we're not any different than China with regard to the narrative. The narrative has rewritten our culture. And, Tim, this is a real issue, and people need to wake up to this reality. So true. Talking with Father Shannon Bouquet, Executive Director of Human Life International. You know, a, a couple things that, that, that struck me as well is, and you, you, you point this out in your article, and, and it just exacerbates China's problem because with that for, the forced one-child policy they had for many years, well, the vast majority of couples then would choose a son, and if there was going to be a daughter, many times they'd be aborted or killed. What that means, of course, is that there's very few women in this generation now for men to marry. So even if they want to have more kids, it's, it's going to be more difficult. And some men that want to marry aren't even going to, there's going to be unrest in there, that, that aspect too. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the sex selection, abortion, uh, that, uh, and again, if we think about China's economy, you know, and again, I'm not going to pretend to be an economist mm-hmm. in, by any means, but, you know, just understanding that, you know, China really depends on its workforce mm-hmm. and for its economy to drive and to, and to grow and to prosper. And, and so what we have now is an aging population and no longer replacing that with a younger population. Now, I don't want to make this conversation we're having, Tim, a utility. We right. don't treat human beings as objects. We're not condoning that by any means. But the reality is that, you know, when you have a strong, healthy, vibrant population replacing itself and growth is happening, everyone prospers, society grows, you know, our cultures grow, we all benefit from the beauty and wonder of human life. But in this situation, what you have is an aging population that can no longer supply, you know, the need for that culture or that society to prosper. And and on top of that, you add the fact that you've chosen men, and that's why they've chosen men, because they want them in the workforce. And so what you have now is you know, millions of men that will not have the ability or the possibility of marrying, which also, again, 
prevents the opportunity for children to be conceived. So it's it's a dual-edged sword that the and it's I, I think that you know when if I, you can go back and talk to the people who implemented this, uh, you know, in the beginning, I don't believe, as I said in my column, they would have realized how much of a cultural shift they do. Because now with the two-child policy, now three, it really hasn't changed how people approach it. You know, they because the narrative is written. And so people look at this, they say, well, one child, that's it. That's all you need, because that's what everybody else has. So, and then if you're, and then if, like we see in, in so many other Western cultures, if you walk into the grocery store with, you know, a, a, more than three children, people look at you, you know, you know you, what's your problem? You know, you're hurting the economy, you're not good for the climate, you know. People insult people who are open to the beauty of human life, and so that's a narrative. Yeah. That's also, so this is interesting that, you know, that it's no longer about the policy. The policy's still there, but, it, but I don't, the, we don't have a policy, right? and yet it's, it's here. So people have bought into that narrative, you know, they, the, the prosperity, you know, the, the, the things are more important, you know. So this narrative is very, very active in both, both systems, in, mm-hmm. under communism and under our republic. Right, we're talking with Father Shannon Mulcahy, Human Life International. I, I kind of think of it this way, Father. You know, the, the same culture of death is present in both. The Chinese changed their culture through policy, right? Well, we changed it through practice, you know, freely choosing to end. But either way, we ended up with a culture that basically says fewer children. And you pointed out so importantly, I say it this way, people really lead to prosperity. Now, we understand, and I think you addressed this in your article as well, if in a rapidly growing population, there can be some difficulties with, you know, goods and services and stuff initially. But in the end, it's people that really make uh, society prosper. Exactly. I mean, we, we've seen this, you know, in, in, through every generation, you know, where the, the beauty of a culture really starts with the family. It starts mm-hmm. with that wonderful single cell upon which all other things are built. And when we learn to invest in, uh, in, in the flourishing of the human person, the, the family, which, you know, it's, it, it, it's interesting, you know, it's, uh, when, you, when we look at this, an individual is of irrepeatable, irreplaceable, of unique, incomparable value, you know, and so, but, you, you know, we look at the marriage is greater than that individual, and then you add children, there's a great greatness above the, the husband and wife. So the idea here is that it, it, there's, there's a beauty here of, of true greatness and wonder that if we invest in and, and support and encourage then there, everyone thrives. Society thrives. Our communities thrive, and, and because we're, you know, we're working toward that common good, that that common, you know, uh, sharing that we all have. But when you undermine it, you know, when you when you distort it, and when you persecute it and insult it, everyone is also impacted. We're all going to be impacted by this, and, and and that's the part that people need to wake up. And demographers have been talking about this for for decades, what they call the demographic winter, the demographic mm-hmm. bomb. Yeah. And, and here we are, you know, yeah. we're, you know, uh, and many of them really say of societies that get below a certain percentage, you know, that, that magic number, if you will, that it's, it's non-reconcilable. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to that point where you've just tilted that, that, that seesaw, if you will, so far over that there's nothing you can be able to do to replenish, to, to recapture it. And that's a scary reality. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it really is. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet here about uh, the culture of death uh, present both in China and in the United States through China by policy, through the United States uh, by, by, by choice, by practice, another P. And of course, St. John Paul II has some great things to say about this. He, number one, he identifies the difficulties and also has some answers for this. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Father Bouquet, because it's all in his article. Great articles again. Evangelium Vitae is such a powerful document, and we'll get into that. The reasons for this difficulty, and some of the ways that we can help get ourselves right. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. I always tell the, the new seminarians, you know, there's a good reason that we take plenty of time uh, before we step forward for ordination because, you know, you as a, as a young man, you need to discern if this is what God is actually calling you to. And, and the church has to discern as well if it's the right thing for you and for the church. And so we do. We take our time. We take several years, a number of years, really, and, and give, give these guys a, a chance to really grow in their faith and grow in their relationship with God. And, and over time, it becomes clear whether, whether in fact, they are called to the priesthood. And we're very blessed by the, the men who do step forward, even if it's just to give it a try and to, to explore that call and see if it is what God is asking of them. And I've, I've again and again heard uh, men say that they're so glad they did that because it really enriched their faith and, and really changed their lives in many, many ways. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet here on Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host here, coming at you from Fargo. Again, thanks to Eli for producing and everyone for waving at me and smiling when I walked in. And I didn't even owe him money. It was awesome. <laughs> so anyway, well, getting back to Father Shannon. Okay, we're talking about the culture of life, how the United States and China have something in common. It's a culture of life. A very, we're both below replacement birth rate, far below replacement birth rate. China by, uh, by policy and the United States by practice. St. John Paul II has really identified uh, some wonderful things. For, we're going to go to a couple of the problems first. Father John Paul II talked about a conspiracy against life, how that comes into our culture. Talk to our listeners about that a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think what's good for us all to, to contemplate is when John Paul speaks of this, it, 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 it's, it's addressing an issue that says there's a direct intent, a direct intent on the dignity of human life. And so this conspiracy unmasks itself in the way that, as a society, as a people, legally, uh, you know, its culture, its economic, the way it aims itself at assaulting that, that the dignity of, that, of human life. And so what it does, so for example, if we go back in our own country here in the United States, when we go back in the legal system, let's say, you know, to Griswold versus Connecticut, you know, back... You know, 1965. Time, this is when contraception became, quote, legal for married couples to have access to. And, and the Supreme Court created this so-called right. You know, well, that was a, that's a conspiracy. That's an assault on, on a good that is intended to distort that good. And then it perpetuates itself, as we saw with Roe v. Wade. Now we have an assault on the unborn. And then we just keep pushing that assault further and further but it also reveals itself in, in, in the whole culture itself. So not just so legal is part of it, but we look at how government, you know, itself, you know, how does it, it approach human life? So today we see the other end of the spectrum with the, the legalization of euthanasia. So we see the whole understanding of this uh, gender dysphoria. We see the whole struggle uh, in the sense of the assault is coming at it from every direction. This is a full conspiracy. And so, uh, we, so when we look at this, whether we're talking about communism and talking about how it uh, is, has this conspiracy, or are we talking about from the United States? You know, again, like you said beautifully, one's from a police state, you know, one is by free choice, free, free decisions. Mm -hmm. So it's important for people to see, you know, how my own self as an individual, how do I contribute to either, either narrative? Am I part of the conspiracy against life? Or am I part of the, the restoration, the beauty of human life, the culture of life? Mm. And that's really where John Paul draws those distinctions. Yeah, so well put. And then he goes on to kind of offer, uh, get us on the right track. He, he goes on to say, the first and fundamental step then towards rectifying this, transforming this, is transforming consciences. And I love how he talks about life and freedom. Here's, in my mind, the, the, the takeaway. Life and freedom are inseparable goods. Where one is violated the other also ends up being violated. There's no true freedom where life is not welcomed and loved, and there is no fullness of life except in freedom. Wow. St. John Paul II. You, know, you can read one or two sentences, and it just blows your mind. Right, Father? Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's connect it, you know, to the beauty of marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is where John Paul, talking about this, 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 this supreme good, this true good that God has created, man for woman and woman for man, and in this indissoluble union, this fruitful, indissoluble union, you know, the marital act is not something separate. And, and so what's happened in, for example, this conspiracy against life, so when you allow a contraceptive act, it's intrinsically, by its very nature, opposed to that good. It assaults that good. It, it, it distorts that good. And this is all part where, you know, when we don't understand the true freedom and the truth of, that, of, of marriage and that conjugal act, you can see where, 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 where it leads us to. So we, we, we rupture the, the, the beauty of, of the two ends, we rupture the understanding of the conjugal act, and then we basically begin to distort this act. And this is, goes back to Paul VI, you know, with Humanae Vitae, mm -hmm. and, and what people call the great prophecies. 
You know, but the reality is he was dead on target. You know, the reality is when you rupture this this re, this good and you distort it, this is the consequence. And he himself prophesied you would see governments use this issue, contraception, for population control. Mm-hmm. You would see women objectified. You would see the whole issue of pornography. You would see all the issues of divorce. All this would emerge. Why? Because you assaulted this primary good. And so, and it's important for people, as we talk about all these issues, that we, we go back to those fundamental truths. And that's what I love about John Paul in Evangelion Vitae, Veritatis Splendor. All of these were, were aiming us back, you know, toward the, those fundamental principles, the, the, the truth about the nature of the human person, the nature of, the, of, of marriage, the nature of the conjugal act, and the nature of human sexuality in the sense of what is it, what is it for? And we've lost that conversation. The narrative has been changed. Right. So Not true. the truth. Right. You know, the narrative, how people perceive it, how people act toward it. And, and that's such a great way to put it, talking with Father Shannon Bouquet. The truth hasn't changed. The narrative has changed. Because what Father's talking about, when he talks about the marital act, marriage, children, the dignity of the human person, this has objective truth outside of my subjective opinion. But as he mentioned, Griswold versus Kinetic, for, for instance, now, oh, my right to privacy says, now I can now define what, what the sexual act means. Well, once people start taking over and saying, I'll determine and define what the truth is rather than discover it and live it, that's where we have a big problem. One more thing here, Father. Oh, go ahead, go ahead if you want to comment on that. No, please, no, please, no, continue. Well, we, we, have, we have about five minutes left or so, and I would just like to connect it to something that people may have heard, and you wrote about this as well, is that uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle recently had their second child, and they publicly announced, that's the end of our family, and some uh, population control group gave them an award for that. Why don't you ex- explain and dig into that, because it ties in directly to what this whole cultural narrative is talking about. You know, absolutely. I mean, I think the, the, the issue with, you know, Prince Harry and, and, and his wife, uh, you know, is that obviously they, they have become the poster child uh, mm-hmm. image for what was Population Matters that gave them this award. And just saying, you know, they came out after their second child and just announced for the good of our, our planet, the good of, 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 the, of the environment and so forth, you know, we've decided we're not having any more children. And so what he's done, what Prince Harry in that statement has done, is set the child, set the family, in opposition toward the good of our society, which is an untruth. Why, why in the fact, is that having a family, having more than, quote, two children, is harmful? So there, this, this is the narrative. And so Harry has been very much a part of that narrative. He, you, this is not the first time he's made comments of that nature. But to, to see this as this, this couple that, that so many in the culture seem to idolize, you know, raising a narrative. This is a narrative. They're, they're making it clear that, you know, that this is how we all should act. And, and so as we see in China, you know, and other, other cultures like in India, which is trying to also right now in one of the largest provinces pass a, uh, a population control, is that people, not, and Harry didn't say this, but this is what's going on in India and in China, that if you have more than two children, you can be punished. You can lose your, your child won't have citizenship rights, they might not have access to the university, and so this, this is coercion. And, and so I see this, again, as coercive, is that what's, what's 
It's an assault on that good. It's an assault on marriage. It's an assault on the human person. And it's putting a lie out there that for some reason, if I'm a married man, and my wife and I, are, who are open to the gift of human life, welcoming children as a, as a beautiful uh, expression of love and openness to God's will, that if we have more than two children, three children, four children, that somehow we are bad for the world. This, this this is ridiculous, and 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 so it's it's one thing for the couple privately, if that's what Prince Harry and his wife wish to do. That's but the moment they bring this into the public forum, they are pro, pro, uh, uh, proposing that they know better. They're mm-hmm. proposing that this is how everyone should be. There's is very wrong, and, and it needs to be addressed. And that's why I wrote about it because I think it's important for people to to look at the narrative and say that narrative is incorrect. Mm-hmm. And and he's saying to anyone who has a larger than uh, a family larger than two children that you are not doing something good. Shame on you. It's trying to shame people. Mm-hmm. That's called coercion. That's coercive. Yeah, so true. Talking with Father Shannon Bouquet. You know, I, I think you bring up two good points. Two things come to mind. Number one is that you know. The church does say that the couple needs to discern, right? And for serious reasons, they can limit family size, but at least for a while, right? For a certain time. But as you mentioned, it's, right. that's not a public announcement saying, you know, we're definitely, basically they're saying we're not even going to be open to any more children. And that, that of course, is the, is the key difference. And the, right. the other thing I like to talk about, go ahead, Father. No, I was going to say to him, I think for people to connect the dots, this is Arch, Arch, which Archbishop Nauman talked about, mm-hmm. and I know it's a different subject, That's okay. with, uh, with, jo- with Joe Biden, mm-hmm. you know, who got up and talked about being a devout Catholic. And, and so Archbishop Nauman got up and said, it's not you who determine what a Catholic is. Exactly. And so, it's, it's, it, it, so the same thing's happening here. You have someone that's proposing, we know the truth, and this is the truth, or this is the, the way it should be. Well, who are you to, 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 you're not the teacher here. You know, there is an objective uh, truth, and there is something that needs to be addressed. And so, as you just said, I mean, obviously the Church has a beautiful teaching with regard to the fact of a couple who may have a legitimate reason to postpone uh, a child at a given moment, but, it, but, that, but at the same time, that is always open to life, always welcoming. But what we're having here with Prince Harry and, and, and his wife is a, is a direct intent to to sterilize every marital act and to prevent it from bearing the fruit that it's meant to bear. That's something very different, and I think it's important that people don't that they recognize you know what's being uh, what's being proposed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Father, our time always goes so fast. And one last comment. <laughs> they say they want to leave something better for the next generation, but the best thing you can leave is more children. <laughs> so exactly. thanks again so much for your insights and for what you're doing there, Father. We certainly appreciate it. God bless you and your work, and I look forward to having you on again in about a month or so. hope so. Look forward to it, Tim. Have a great, great day now and to your audience as well. Thanks so much. That's Father Shannon Bouquet from Human Life International. Now, how do we help the needy without enabling harmful behavior? We're going to talk about that next. You're listening to Real Presence Live. We'll be back right after this.